0: Live from the heartland and the crossroads of America, it's Tony Katz today. The impeachment trial has begun. And the argument is, well, the same argument they've been making. An argument that will not get them conviction. But now they're going to put it to America. America to remind them why Donald Trump is so terrible, except 74 million people don't think this way at all, even though they disagree with the riots at the Capitol. Okay, not all of them, but many of them. If you were to turn that question around and say how many people who voted for Joe Biden find the riots in Minneapolis and Seattle and Portland and Indianapolis and Chicago and New York acceptable, you're gonna find some people like, yeah, it's totally fine. Remember, Representative Cory Bush of St. Louis she told you that what happened at the Capitol is a coup. But when prisoners do it in St. Louis, dropping mattresses on fire, by the way, and, and exercise bikes to the, to the ground below them, well, right riot is the language on the unheard. And then she quotes Martin Luther King improperly, by the way. Makes me wonder whether she ever read any of his works at all. So, you know, it's funny. People see it, you know, their way for their political purpose, and then another way because it doesn't help their political purpose. And then you realize, dear Lord, this is why we invented bourbon. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. 833, got Tony. 833-468-8669. I wouldn't argue that the Democrats are doing a bad job of their presentation today. Rather, I would argue that their presentation, since it is what we expected will not move 12 additional senators to vote for conviction i also question whether or not it will keep all 50 democrats in line that answer will only be known when the republicans i just take that back when president trump's defense team makes their case now yesterday they were on the clock, right? It was this conversation about the very idea of the, uh, not the legitimacy, but the constitutionality of the proceedings. And you had Bruce Castor and you had David Schoen. Now David Schoen, uh, the lawyer, he went, he, he went second. I thought he was pretty good. He said something that I thought was remarkably effective and I am only sorry that people haven't been talking about it, I took notes. And one of the things he noted, one of the things that he noted was Patrick Leahy. And Patrick Leahy was sitting behind him because Patrick Leahy is the Senate pro tem. Uh, the the um, longest uh, serving member of the majority party is the Senate pro tem. Right? That's, that's who he is. So he's presiding over these proceedings. A Democratic senator who has already said, already said that he's going to convict. So if if that's the case, how is he presiding over the, the impeachment trial anyway? And if it's indeed an impeachment trial, the the chief justice of the Supreme Court, in this case, John Roberts, is supposed to preside, but he's not presiding. So how in the world is this even an impeachment trial? I thought that was a very, very good, very smart conversation. And one that should make people say, that is odd, right? That is very, very strange. Also, David Schoen discussed, you know, the, the idea of how un-American the proceeding is and went about producing from his pocket the Little Red Book. And I said, oh, damn. The Little Red Book, you know, quotes from uh, Chairman Mao. Yeah. The, the guy who brought communism to, uh, to, to China. But it didn't stop. Uh, the senators for voting in, in favor of proceeding. Even Bill Cassidy, Republican from Louisiana, said the Democrats did a very good job, and they convinced me that this is constitutional and, and we should move forward. Okay. I didn't think it was going to go any other way, and neither did you. But now we're into the trial itself, and the trial itself is a lot of what you expected, a lot more propaganda. I wasn't expecting as much. Uh, you had a Representative Joaquin Castro taking Trump tweets purposefully out of context. No, or, or maybe better said, not sharing context. And then you had uh, Castro and Jamie Raskin, Representative Raskin, utilizing the terminology big lie. Big lie. Well, 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 well. Now we've got ourselves a problem. Big lie is Nazi terminology. Right, uh, Joseph Goebbels. And I never, I never pronounce it right. Goebbels, G-O-B-B-E-L-S, Goebbels. I I never, ever, ever pronounce it right. I don't know why. It's just one of those words. Maybe because I don't worry about whether I pronounce the name right or murderous bastards. That could be me. But everyone needs to hear me clearly. The Holocaust is not a prop. It's not a political prop that you get to pull out to be able to make your point. You don't diminish the Holocaust because you have nothing interesting to say and you have no way of properly engaging the conversation you're in. You don't know how to make hide nor hair of it. So, what do you do? Ah, you throw in a Hitler reference. Why not? Hey, maybe we'll call some people Nazis. It's indecent. It is in every way indecent, it's despicable. And having none of that is what we should be about. Yet they have brought it up twice. Shameful, shameful, shameful stuff. Now, uh, talk to me, Producer Ari. Uh, who do we have up right now with the impeachment? Are they still in the break? They were in a break for a little while. Uh, Where Madeline are we Madeline Dean. Who do we have? Madeline Dean. Oh, Representative Dean. I I forgot that she was uh, a an impeachment manager. It uh, it 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 eluded me. You know when you've got big Eric Swalwell up there. Huh, I mean my gosh, uh, everybody else just pales in comparison. Uh, by the way, can you check with me to see if Madeline Dean ever had sex with a Chinese spy?
1: I'm gonna go ahead and say no.
0: Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's that's just Eric Swalwell. But we don't even know if he had sex with her. Maybe an investigation is necessary. We'll get to that later, I'm sure. Um, Democrats very, very concerned with being decent all the way around. She represents the Pennsylvania 4th, by the way, the Pennsylvania 4th District. Let's hear from Representative Dean.
2: I have to tell you, as a former state legislator, a lot of policy hearings. I have to say with some confidence, that was likely the first time a president of the United States of America called into a state legislative policy hearing. And remember, here is the president saying he won Pennsylvania, and Pennsylvania had been certified that Biden had won by more than 80,000 votes. Less than a week after calling into that meeting, he invited multiple Republican members of the Pennsylvania legislature to the White House, the same scheme he had used on the Michigan legislators. It didn't work with those public servants either. Think about it. The president of the United States was calling public officials, calling from the White House, inviting them into the Oval Office, telling them to disenfranchise voters of their state, telling them to overturn the will of the American people. Also, he could take the election for himself. And then in Georgia, a state Trump had counted on for victory, his conduct was perhaps the most egregious. On November 11th, Republican Secretary of State Brad Raffensperger confirmed that he believed ballots were ac- uh, ac- accurately counted for Biden. Trump went on a relentless attack. Here are just a few examples. In all, Trump tweeted at Raffensperger 17 times in the coming week. I'll show you just a few, calling him a disaster, obstinate, not having a clue being played for a fool, and being a so-called Republican. All because Raffensperger was doing his job ensuring the integrity of our elections. And these attacks had consequences. Mr. Raffensberger and his family received death threats. Quote, your husband deserves to face a firing squad. You better not botch this recount. Your life depends upon it. The Raffensburgers should be put on trial for treason and face execution. Just some of the threats they received. And
0: I am with Representative Dean in saying that the threats are disgusting. But all threats are disgusting, and they happen all over the place. It's mind-boggling. You're going to email someone or or tweet someone and and threaten them, what do you actually think that that's going to do? How do you think that's going to make your life better in any way? You actually think you're going to get what you want? We see this against Democrats, we see this against Republicans, we see it against liberals, we see it against conservatives, we see it against black, we see it against white, we see it against Christian and Jewish and Muslim. And add any other descriptor we want to add, I'm not trying to leave anybody out just for the sake of time and brevity, I say add the rest. It's wrong. Now you're having a conversation of things that are wrong. No one's going to deny such a thing, but having such a broad scope of people who are so into Trump that they'll say these things, wait till you see the people who are into Ilhan Omar, Ocasio-Cortez, Rashida Tlaib, Ayanna Presley, Dick Durbin. It's impossible to be into Dick Durbin, yet there's some people in Illinois, I'm sure have a fan club and they fight for who gets to be, you know, the treasurer. The stuff is madness. No one's going to disagree, but it's part of the larger scale conversation of, are we interested as a society in doing, what is the, the terminology? That's it, toning down the rhetoric ratcheting down remember it was barack obama who needed who told us we needed the new tone and then proceeded to continue to be disgusting towards people he politically disagreed with right that's that's what happened so we haven't found that tone yet we how can you find a tone when you have i know i know i'm running late producer i i i know How can you find a tone when you have things like this happening? Anna Navarro excoriating Van Jones for taking a photo with Candace Owens.
1: But you did things like take smiling pictures with Candace Owens, who I think is very hurtful. Okay, do you not regret that? Do you not see that you're giving her legitimacy? You don't regret taking pictures, picture, uh, took, smiling pictures with Candace Owens. I, I mean, how does that help the issue? With lots of people. And, and,
3: You're going to have to take
1: outside. Thanks to Dan Jones,
0: I, the United, the United States will be streaming and on demand starting February. They cut him off. They didn't give him a chance to answer. Threw him under the bus. How dare you? How dare you take a picture with her? That's what they did to the actor and director Mark Duplass for saying something nice about Ben Shapiro. That's what they did to two gay hotel owners in New York because they had lunch with Ted Cruz when he was running for president in 2016. As if somehow that's a problem. But you are giving him credibility. He could be president of the United States. Don't you think we should have a seat at the table? You know who figured that out? Ice Cube. You know who figured that out? Lil Wayne. You know who figured that out? Kim Kardashian. You can be angry, and you can get woke, or you can have a seat at the table and maybe get some you-know-what done. But if you dare have a seat at the table, well, then you have to be destroyed. If you humanize the enemy, and oh, the, the, the left views the right as the enemy, you have to be destroyed. So what is the difference between Ana Navarro and and Joy Behar just to Van Jones? And these other ideas? It wasn't the specific threat? Well, if you give me about 15 minutes, I probably could go through some, some search engines and come up with 100 examples. You know it and I know it. No, there shouldn't be threats. I agree with Representative Madeline Dean. And yes, people did threaten Brad Brad Raffensperger. It absolutely positively happened. It shouldn't happen. We should all be opposed to it. That's the proof of incitement of insurrection? Or is that the proof of this is what's been happening in America, people just putting something out into the world and people reacting with total madness? Is that just nothing more than the reaction? That's the social media reaction, in those cases, far different from a reaction regarding what took place at the Capitol. And wait till you get to the responding accusations of, you mean look at all these people who use the same exact language, and therefore you had riots in Portland and Seattle and Minneapolis? Oh, that's coming for sure. We've got more on the impeachment hearing coming up I'm Tony Katz. Why do we share these impeachment proceedings? Because we have to. You have to hear what's being said. We need to be able to talk about these things together. You know, when the first impeachment took place, can you imagine the first impeachment? Good Lord. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. It's good to be with you. Uh, we, I, I, shared even more of it. Like, like we were wall to wall and, and I don't even think I did this much commentary. This is, this is different, but I want to make sure that we're hearing parts of it together and, and understanding what got said. Cause you know, sometimes when you hear somebody on radio say, did you hear what got said? You're like, no, there's no way they said it like that. And then you're like, holy cow. They said it like that. You should hear exactly how they're saying it. This is representative Ted Lou, and Ted Lou is, uh, awful. I mean, if, there, if there's a moment to be woke, he is that guy. There is nothing that he does not like to woke about, Wokey, woke, woke, woke. And everybody else is on the wrong side of history, but I can only handle so much myself,
3: so 60 seconds of Ted Lieu. Let it begin. Our leaders, not me of course, are pathetic. <laughs> they only know how to lose, P.S. I got many senators and congressmen and congresswomen elected. I do believe they forgot. President Trump targeted senators and members of Congress on social media, calling them pathetic for letting the election get, quote, stolen from them. On January 4th, two days before the attack, President Trump tweeted, the surrender caucus within the Republican Party will go down in infamy as weak and ineffective guardians of our nation who are willing to accept their certification of fraudulent presidential numbers. Now he's mocking some Republican members as a surrender caucus, calling them weak and ineffective guardians of our nation because they would not pretend that he had won when in fact he had not. And then the very day... That's not that it, happened, Ted. You're not
0: going to win this battle. Look at what Donald Trump said about you. Why would you protect him? That's not it's 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 like these people are nothing. Trump's style is Trump's style. You're on his good side, he loves you up. You're on his bad side. He rips you apart. You just don't even pay attention. Ted Lou still thinks this matters. Tell me more about the incitement. This is about hating Trump. We get it. Ted Lou, you hate Trump. And most of us are really not big fans of you either. I'm Tony Katz. So yesterday it came out that Mark Cuban, owner of the Dallas Mavericks, uh, no Pledge of Allegiance. Not interested, thank you very much. National Anthem. Oh, I'm sorry, National Anthem, I said Pledge of Allegiance. See, see, whatever it has to do with respecting the country, right out. Tony Katz. Tony Katz today. 833 you got Tony. 833-468-8669. Not interested. Not happening. The answer is no. Not doing the national anthem. We've had uh, X number of, of home games so far. I think we had like a dozen home games. We haven't played it yet. We're not about to. We're not getting into it. That's all there is to it. Huh. Okay. Well, I mean, if if you want the uh the, the the woke perspective, you're going to get it, and, and there it is. We don't need to bother with this. And people like Producer Ari are super happy. Yes. They love this. Why? Because they hate America. Oh, you stop it. Ari's theory, Producer Ari's theory is that to have the national anthem before a sporting event is like having the national anthem before you see a movie. What's what's the point? Exactly. Exactly. It's just not necessary at all, like really and truly, horrifically not necessary. Like, oh, okay. Well, I I, I don't know how uh, if 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 I agree, but that's all right. I I don't have to specifically agree, and that's and and that's fine. Enter the NBA. The NBA has come out with a statement. From Mike Bass, who's the chief communications officer. With NBA teams now in the process of welcoming fans back into their arenas, all teams will play the national anthem in keeping with longstanding league policy. Oh. Okay. Well, this should be fascinating. Now what happens? What is it that gets done next? What does how, how how does he respond? How in the world does Mark Cuban respond? You're telling me that I that I have to do this? You're telling me that we have to go about this kind of nonsense? I don't want to do it. So stop telling me that I've got to do it. I don't want my team to be bothered. I think it's a distraction for my players. I don't think it allows them to play their best. And I'm sick and tired of you, League, trying to keep us in the basement. Or he's just going to do it and whatever. I'm also curious to see where the pushback is going to be from their their superfans. The people who buy the jerseys not necessarily get the tickets. What are they going to say? How are they going to react? That's a pretty big question. And now the players, are they now going to take a knee? You created the situation where they take the knee, or are you going to do the national anthem, but they're not going to come out for the national anthem, and now we got to play in this little bit of crazy once again. Now, I know I shared with you uh, the worst headline of the day, but there's another
3: contender. Your car's seatbelt, safety miracle or decapitation nightmare? What is the connection between rain and farming? The answer may surprise you. Heroin, sex, machine guns, flamethrowers, murder. There's no story here. We've just found that ratings go up when we say those words.
2: It's time for the worst headline of the day.
0: And this is awful, and it's awful, and it happened right here in my beloved Indiana, and it's awful, and I'm here to tell you, uh, I'm going I'm to read the headline, and if you don't want to hear something awful, give me eight seconds starting now. Kokomo Man, it's a place, it's a town, Kokomo, Indiana. Kokomo Man arrested after amputating injured dog's leg to avoid vet bill. Ha! Ah. That's, that's, I I, I don't even know what to say. He's charged with animal cruelty and resisting law enforcement, telling investigators that his dog had been hit by a vehicle in March. The dog is Royce. Suffered extensive injuries treated by a a, a veterinarian. I, I don't know if I could do the rest of this. Producer Ari, I'm not sure if I can. Wait, wait, wait. You're
1: telling me this guy amputated his dog's leg by himself and the dog survived?
0: The dog, one of the legs was clearly more injured than he saw and was kind of deteriorating. Yeah. Contacted the veterinarian for help uh, with the leg but didn't have enough money to get the dog treated. So he did it himself. That's... I mean, that's disgusting, but that's honestly also
1: pretty impressive. That's like a serious medical procedure that some hillbilly just performed.
0: It's criminally insane. And in today's society, you go to jail for that. You go to jail for that. Now, you know, I I say this is the worst part because people will find ways to utilize things. Like someone's going to use that and be like if you're if you're disgusted by this but not by abortion what's wrong with you like that ad is coming what what madness what madness would get you to think that this is all right how by the way the dog is still alive that's incredible people there, if you don't have the money, I can appreciate that. If you can't find the money, I can appreciate that. If you go to a veterinarian and say, "I cannot, I cannot help my pet here," they they will, I assume, help you close the chapter on that pet's life. That was a nice way to say it, I think.
1: Yeah, but I mean, there are so many low-cost clinics that have like payment plans like you're
0: gonna take power tools to your dog you're insane i mean that's not somebody i'm so sure i want in civil society speaking of being uncivil yeah i know i know i know i just did the worst headline of the day and that was before i had done the worst headline of the day but your car's seatbelt—safety miracle or decapitation nightmare? What is—that's right, ca- all we'll do with it. I can't do any more. Marty Schottenheimer passed away yesterday, right? Former coach, uh, Cleveland Browns, San Diego Chargers, at the age of seventy-seven. Pretty famous coach, had some serious successes. The Washington Post. Here's their headline: Marty Schottenheimer. NFL coach whose teams wilted in the postseason dies at 77. Oh, that's savage. That's despicable. Like, there's a place in hell for you. The guy is dead. What are you doing? What are you doing? I mean, even if you want to put it in the article, I would think that's a little awkward, but sure. His NFL coach whose teams wilted in the postseason... That's 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 just the meanest thing. No 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 wait wait Amputating your own dog's leg is 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 the meanest thing. That's just rude. That's just rude and nasty and altogether unnecessary.
1: I'm Fingers Malloy with the Bourbon Minute brought to you by the Eat, Drink, Smoke podcast. Well, the folks at Whistlepig want their rye to be in your liquor cabinet. And now with their new partnership with Ben & Jerry's, they want to be in your freezer as well. So this new collaboration is bringing to market Ben & Jerry's new topped flavor, Whiskey Biz. As Whiskey Pig describes it, this over-the-top flavor proudly features their award-winning Whistlepig Piggyback Rye Whiskey cooked into caramel swirls and blended into a brown butter bourbon ice cream with blonde brownies topped with white chocolatey ganache and white fudge chunks. Whiskey and ice cream together at last. For more information on Whiskey Biz Ice Cream, check out our Facebook page, Facebook.com slash eat, drink, smoke. This was the bourbon minute brought to you by eat, drink, smoke. It's your cigar bourbon foodie radio extravaganza. Check it out on Apple podcasts, Amazon music, or your favorite podcast platform. Eat, drink, smoke.
0: Who's up right now with impeachment producer Ari? I am not sure who this is. Oh. Let me see if I can uh, help you uh, right there with one of the impeachment managers. Tony Katz. Tony Katz today. 833 got Tony. 833-468-8669. That's the, that's the. the the number here you can call in and be uh, a part of the thing now the impeachment managers have been going these are of course the democrats the democrats that have been put forth to put the best case on led by jamie raskin and it's important to remember that jamie raskin is the man who has led such important conversations as this one back in 2017
3: What purpose does the member right? Uh, I have an objection because 10 of the 29 electoral votes cast by Florida were cast by electors not lawfully certified because they violated Florida's prohibition against dual office a, the holding. The debate is out of order. Second. Section 15 and 17 of the Title 3 of the United States Codes require that any objection be presented in writing, signed by both members of the House of—both Repres- a member of the House of Representatives and a senator. Is the objection in writing and signed not only by the member of the House of Representatives, but also by a senator? It is in writing, Mr. President. Is it signed by a senator? Not as of yet, Mr. President. In that case, the objection cannot be entertained.
0: That was Jamie Raskin telling Joe Biden, who was vice president at the time, that he objected to the certification of Florida's electoral votes in 2017. My gosh, what a weird world we live in. I mean, we live in a weird, strange, crazy world. You can argue that four years ago and then lead the charge on this. Ah, Tony, it's different. Uh, Nobody then was inciting a riot. Let's not forget that there was violence when Trump was inaugurated. Let's not forget that. Let's also not forget that while we have this conversation, we can note the difference between right and wrong. We can engage nuance. You will never get me to say that what happened at the Capitol was acceptable. It is not acceptable. It has never been acceptable. It will never be acceptable. Uh, You're not going to get me to be down with riots, and if you say to me, Tony, the Constitution is all about the Declaration of Independence, moreover I should say, is about making sure that you should stand up for yourself when necessary, I'm not arguing that. What I'm arguing is, this wasn't it. You know how I know that? It was led by a guy dressed as a Viking who calls himself a shaman. And I'm pretty sure that's not John Adams begging for a free nation. May have been pretty uh, bad as a president in Washington's shadow and not ever feeling comfortable with it. But my gosh, could he understand the importance of freedom and liberty? I'll even appreciate his work as he was traveling in Europe while things were, were, were going on, making sure that we had what we needed. I'm just saying that we can do two things at once. I oppose the riots. The idea that the president incited an insurrection, just not there at all. And then there's the woke folk. You know, there's a story out of France that they're freaking out about the wokeness in America, the wokosphere. Because the wokeosphere is leading to things worldwide. And in France, they're starting to have protests and riots over these racial issues that they never had before, and it's because people feel uh, this this need. This, this, this need to, we have to fight against them. I don't know what you're fighting against. No one knows what you're fighting against, but you're fighting against it. And as long as you're fighting against it, that's all that matters. You just gotta fight for what? We don't know, and go. And don't they call it fighting? Haven't the Democrats said they're going to fight like hell and fight like hell and fight like hell and fight like hell and fight like hell? Fight like hell? Said it a million times. But when Trump says it, it's uh, it's a conversation of, of insurrection now. I don't know. That's not going to, to work. But the wokeness has gone interesting. It's a story out of San Francisco that shared by a woman by the name of Heather Knight. She's with the San Francisco Chronicle. The San Francisco school board spent two hours talking about whether to allow a gay dad of mixed race who has a kid in the San Francisco Unified School District to volunteer for one of several empty seats on a parental advisory board. The problem, he's white and he doesn't bring enough diversity to the group. Gay dad, mixed race kid, not enough diversity. Heather continues in one of the great statements. Like, Heather should win an award for this tweet. That's right. So you read, I, I read to you the first one. Here's the follow-up. They didn't appoint him, and now the parent group remains all moms, which means women must do all the work of the group. And seven hours after the meeting started, they still aren't talking about how to safely reopen schools.